Did you know Granny McDuff now has a Patreon? You can get all episodes ad-free. Games, puzzles, calendars, and more. You can even get discounts off Granny merch. Sign up now on Patreon. Go to GrannyMcDuffENT.com for more information. Good evening, children. It's Granny McDuff, ready with a story. So make yourselves comfy, and I'll begin. In a large town, filled to the brim with houses and people, there was not enough room for everyone to have a garden, so they had to make do with flowers in little pots. In a corner of this large town lived a little girl and a little boy. They were not brother and sister, but they loved each other as if they were. They were lucky to have something more than just a few flower pots. Their parents lived next door to one another, and each house had a little window with a large wooden flower box outside. Each box was filled with herbs for cooking and a small rose bush, and the parents decided to put the boxes across a water pipe which ran in between their houses so that they reached across from one window to the other and looked like two boxes of beautiful greenery. Sweet peas drooped over the front, mint leaves stretched out to the side, and the rose bushes grew tall. The boxes were very high up, and the children knew they were not to climb upon them without permission and supervision, but they were often allowed to sit by them upon their little stools under the rose bushes or play quietly nearby. In the winter, however, the windows were frozen shut and the children could not play by the boxes. Instead, they warmed up copper pennies on the stove and held them against the frozen window panes. There would then be a small hole that they could peep through and see one another. This made them very happy. Their names were Henry and Jane. In the summer months, they could play together with just one jump across the windows. But in winter, they were forced to go up and down the long, dark staircase and out into the snow before they could meet. One day, they went to visit Jane's grandmother, who lived just across the lane. They sat by the fire and sipped hot cocoa while heavy snow fell outside. Jane's grandmother pointed out the window and said, You see? There are white bees swarming. Henry, already knowing the answer, asked, Have they a queen bee? They most certainly do, replied the grandmother. She is there, flying where the swarm is thickest. She is the largest of them all and never remains on earth but flies up to the clouds. But oftentimes at midnight... When all is dark and quiet, she flies through the streets of the town and peeks into windows. Then ice freezes on the panes in the shapes of lovely things like flowers and castles. Henry and Jane replied, Yes, I have seen them. And they knew it must be true. Can the Snow Queen come inside? Jane asked. Oh, let her come in. Henry said. Then I'll set her on the stove and she will melt. The grandmother chuckled. She patted his head 
and told them more tales. One evening, some time later, when Henry was getting ready for bed, he climbed on a chair and looked out the window. Snow was falling and one rather large snowflake landed on the edge of the flower box. The snowflake grew larger and larger until it grew into the figure of a woman dressed in shimmering white linens which looked like millions of tiny snowflakes all strung together. She was made of ice, shining and beautiful ice. But she lived. Her eyes sparkled like the brightest stars. But there was neither peace nor rest in them. She nodded at Henry and waved her hand. He was frightened and jumped back in fear. And at that very same moment it seemed as if a large bird flew by the window. The following morning there was a clear frost and not long after spring arrived. The sun was warm and bright. Green leaves sprouted, windows were flung open, swallows began to build their nests and the children were once again able to sit in the garden on the roof. The roses blossomed at the start of summer and how beautiful they were. Henry and Jane held each other's hands and kissed the roses and basked in the sunshine. How beautiful those summer days were. One day, Henry and Jane sat looking at a picture book filled with pictures of all types of animals when the clock tower struck 12. Suddenly, Henry exclaimed, Oh, something has, has struck my heart and something has flown into my eye. Jane looked, but she could see nothing in his eye. Henry blinked twice. I think it is gone, he said. But it was not. It was one of those bits of the looking glass, that magic mirror from our previous story, the bewitched mirror that made everything good look sour and ugly and everything wicked look prettier. Poor Henry had also got a teeny tiny grain of it lodged in his heart, which almost immediately turned to a shard of ice. Ugh. How ugly these worm-eaten roses are and the boxes they sit in. Henry kicked the box and plucked three roses from the garden bed. Jane began to cry. Why do you cry, silly girl? he asked. And when she wept even more, Henry laughed and jumped back into his house through the tiny window. From then on, when Jane brought out the picture book they so loved, Henry would say, Oh, this is only fit for babies. You must be a baby then. And when Grandmother would tell them stories, he would creep behind her and imitate her to make people laugh. He began to mimic everyone, even a stranger in the street. People began to dislike Henry. They would say, he used to be such a nice boy. But it was not Henry. It was the piece of mirror in his eye and his heart that had turned him cold and made him act horribly. He would even tease poor little Jane, who loved him ever so much. One day, Henry went to the town square with his sled, where all the boys played and rode around in the snow. The bravest boys would tie their sleds to passing carts and go a little way with them. 
And while all the boys watched, Henry tied his sled to an enormous blue and white sleigh. The driver could not be seen, but was wrapped in white fur. The sleigh drove twice around the square, and all the boys cheered as Henry slid behind it. But suddenly, the sleigh turned and quickened its pace, passing through the town's gate before Henry could detach his sled from it. He tried and tried, but he could not untie his sled. And as they went, the snow became thicker and thicker, and the flakes larger and larger. Before long, Henry could barely see anything. He cried out, but no one heard him. Then, the sleigh came to a sudden stop, and the snowflakes parted as the driver came toward him. The driver's fur and cap, both made entirely of snow, fell off and revealed a tall, beautiful woman. It was the Snow Queen. You must be chilled to the bone. Here, come, I will wrap you in my fur, she said to Henry, and he curled up into the fur. You are cold as ice, child. And she kissed his forehead. And suddenly, the cold did not seem as bad to Henry. He began to feel warm again, his arms and legs, but most of all his heart. The Snow Queen kissed him once more, this time upon his cheek. And suddenly, Henry saw the world for what it was again, beautiful. Now you will return home and be a good boy, but do not forget me, and do not forget to be kind. I will, I promise, said Henry. Now hop onto your sled. Henry looked and saw that his sled was now tied to an enormous wolf. He nodded at Henry. He will take you home. Henry sat on his sled, and the Snow Queen wrapped him in a small fur. He held it tight around him, and the wolf took off. The snow parted for them the whole way, and Henry was finally home. He let the wolf go just before the town gates, and then, pulling his sled behind him, ran all the way home. He went up the stairs two by two and rushed to the window. It was icy, but Henry did not care. He crossed the roof and knocked on Jane's window. At first, she did not appear, but he kept knocking. Finally, the window opened, and Henry jumped inside and hugged his friend, and once again, happiness filled his heart. The end. And now it's time to take a deep breath, close our eyes, so that we may drift off into a world of our own adventure. Good night, children. <laughs>